0: This message is from Icon, from community, Icon church. community Church. Icon is a church located in Metro located Atlanta and Metro Seeks to be Atlanta. Defined by Grace, Grace, Grace community, 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 and, and renewal. renewal. Community and renewal. For more information, please visit our website at iconcommunitychurch.org, at iconcommunitychurch.org. or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, a Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, Icon, it's good to be with you. My name is Garrett Moore, a uh, pastor uh, here in Atlanta, uh, and know you guys a little bit, i have been with you. Your pastor, Daryl Ford's a good friend of mine, and uh, I've been so, so privileged to be with you here and there, leading worship some in the early days, uh, preaching a little bit uh, here and there. It's been a while since I've been uh, back with you. It's a little weird to be with you via camera this time, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, we're going to dive in. Uh, to the series that you've been in, uh, God Is. And first, I want to read a little bit of scripture. It may seem odd, uh, thinking about this scripture related with the attributes of God, but I think uh, it'll tie it together here. So we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 23. It says this, Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. "'Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel "'concerning the shepherds who are tending my people. "'You've scattered my flock, "'driven them away, and have not attended to them. "'Behold, I am about to attend to you "'for the evil of your deeds,' declares the Lord. "'Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock "'out of all the countries where I've driven them "'and bring them back to their pasture, "'and they will be fruitful and multiply.'" I will also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them. Uh, They will not be afraid any longer, nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, uh, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely, and this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6. This is the word of the Lord. And today, as we're continuing this series, thinking about God's attributes, uh, we're going to talk a bit about God's simplicity. Simplicity. I don't know if that's uh, an attribute you think about very often when it comes to God. It may feel like the furthest thing from your thoughts uh, with God. Simple? What does that mean? We're going to dive uh, into that. But let's, let's think about the word simple the way that we tend to think about it. Do you long for simple, perhaps? The hustle uh, and bustle, the busyness of life in the city. You'll long for that sometimes. A lot of people do. Uh, maybe after this year, you're feeling like, hey, I've had enough simple. Uh, I don't need any more simple after uh, after this pandemic. Uh, you know, That's that's probably been a little bit of our experience with my, my family. Uh, we have uh, been convicted you know, from early on in this. We're going to do our best to be responsible. Uh, we're going to try to do the socially distant thing. Uh, to mask up, you know, vaccinate as quickly as we could, etc. And so, that year plus was long. You've probably felt some of that too, regardless of uh, how long it was for you. Uh, too simple, perhaps. Oversimplified, right? Simple is good. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but we can oversimplify sometimes, right? Maybe we've, maybe we've felt that being stuck in uh, the house, for too long, being stuck away from relationship and community for too long. Things are just a little too simple for you. We can also uh, oversimplify a bit sometimes when it comes to other people. We can uh, characterize others or even ourselves sometimes in in certain ways. Uh, If you think back of uh, that old show, Happy Days, Maybe some of you remember it, maybe some of you don't, but there was the, this character on there, the Fonz, right? And the Fonz was like, he was cool. He was the epitome of cool, at least for that time, right? Some might say, someone like uh, uh, Michael Jordan is, is basketball greatness. Now, I know a lot of debate these days. NBA playoffs are going on right now. Uh, maybe you think somebody else is, but nonetheless... You might hear something along those lines, right? LeBron is greatness. Uh, M- Michael Jordan is greatness. Mother Teresa is, is generosity. She's like the epitome of it. Here's one for you. Uh, I went to uh, Marshall University up in West Virginia in my hometown. And our big chant is, we are Marshall. We even got a movie out of that phrase. Uh, there's there's this identification with uh, those who are in the town, who are fans, who are students, whatever, we, we are Marshall. We will shout it out as the game is going on, uh, this um, statement of solidarity, right? Identifying uh, the person with the thing. And all of those are exaggerations, right? All of them, right? at, at best, uh, those are exaggerations. I am not, though I may like to say, this sometimes I'm not one with Marshall University. Not the same thing. Uh, and sometimes we can oversimplify that way uh, in, in a way that's shameful as well, can't we? Sometimes we name people uh, in positive ways and not exactly correct. It's an exaggeration. Sometimes we name people in shaming ways as well. Those of you who are parents have probably uh, experienced this coming even out of your own lips, you, you criticize maybe something that your child did, or uh, you, you're disciplining, and you're not meaning to, it to come across a certain way, and yet you sense, oof, they received that just now in such a way that that they felt named by their sin, they felt named by their mistake, they felt shamed. Uh, we we see this in things like like racial essentialism, right, uh, where uh, where people groups get named uh, by certain things. These people are this way. Those people are that way. And so oversimplifying and naming can be negative, not merely in terms of exaggeration, uh, but in awful other ways as well. And so we want to be careful when we're doing that to one another. That's not what we mean exactly with God. Let me back up to this scripture, Jeremiah 23, and think about the context of what's going on here. That was was a heavy passage of scripture to start out on, wasn't it? Uh, Woe to the shepherds, Jeremiah says. But here's what's going on. You think about the history of the people of God uh, in Israel. Before Jeremiah comes on the scene, uh, the, the nation has split There's a northern kingdom that that pretty much goes its own way from day one. Uh, Not one of their leaders uh, follows the Lord, and in time, they're conquered. They're scattered by the Assyrians. The southern kingdom, not a whole lot better. Uh, A couple of their kings follow the Lord. A few other kings kind of mixed. They do some good things, but then uh, some really bad things. There is idolatry in the land. Uh, There is injustice in the land, and it just grows and grows and grows. And so, Jeremiah comes on the scene actually uh, in in like the last revival uh, when the King Josiah is on the throne, uh, and then his ministry of speaking into The nation of Israel, the covenant people of God, God's words to them uh, is really largely in the context of of, uh, Josiah's family, his sons, et cetera, who are taking over the last few kings of Israel before they are conquered by Babylon uh, and and they're exiled uh, largely from the land. And so uh, Jeremiah is at the end of this kingdom. He's in the midst of total chaos. Uh, Jeremiah. Needs a God who is not oversimplified, but a God who is simple. He clings to it. He publishes this message to God's people for them to cling to it as well. I'm going to unpack a bit more of of how Jeremiah is talking about a simple God uh, in just a moment. But first, what do we mean when we say God is simple? theologically. What what are we saying exactly? Very, very simply, uh, what we mean is that God and God's attributes are one. Uh, God's attributes are not different than his personhood. Right? Uh, God is truth. God is love. Uh, St. Augustine said it this way, God is everything he possesses. He is his own wisdom, he is his own life, being and living coincide in him, in God, everything is one. It's a little different aspect of that Deuteronomy 6 thought, God is one. Right. Uh, my favorite theologian, which I just let the cat out of the bag, this is how you know I'm really a nerd, I have a favorite theologian, Herman Bovink, says, God's simplicity is the end result of ascribing to God all the perfections of creatures to the ultimate divine degree. And so when he says to the ultimate divine degree, he's not just talking about a um, uh, like an extension of a person. When we say God is infinite, uh, we don't just mean that I'm finite. I'm in this uh, one space. I'm only this tall, not very tall. Uh, and, and then God is like an extension of that. No, no, no. It's to the ultimate, to the divine degree. God is Uh, his attributes. A guy named Matthew Barrett uh, wrote a book recently about the attributes of God. He says it this way, the perfections of God are not like a pie, as if we sliced up the pie uh, into different pieces, love being 10%, holiness 15%, omnipotence 7%, and so on, uh, as if they were all different parts of God. And then Dr. Catherine Rogers says, God neither obeys the moral order, nor does he invent it. He is goodness itself. And all else that is good is good in imitation of God's nature. And so you might use a descriptor for a friend and say uh, that they are kind. Uh, and yet you could see them in different situations and see variants in that kindness because that person is not one with their attributes. God is. It's a really good thing. Uh, it's a really good thing. We'll get to that a little more in a moment. Uh, I don't want to merely unpack this theological, philosophical uh, concept to you and tell you what it is, but, but why this is so great and how it can have actual practical implication in our lives. I believe it really does, right? It's not just philosophical nonsense. Uh, it's not just something that someone uh, created, right? It does uh, flow naturally from the scriptures, John four twenty four says, God is spirit, right? And then uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, that old uh, declaration of uh, theological belief and the catechism, then a, sort of a discipleship to it. It says, what is God? It echoes that verse is God is spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. God is is spirit. He's infinite. He's internal. He's unchangeable. Exodus 3. I know you've looked at this already in this series. God introduces himself with his covenant name uh, to and through Moses to his people. Tell them, I am is my name. Tell them, I am sent you. He is the one who is who is totally self-sufficient, who is totally independent of all others. Acts 17, 25 echoes this as well. It says, he's not served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And so we we see that and we draw out from uh, that the logical conclusion uh, that he is simple. He is one with his attributes. And then the Bible tells us over and over again, these things. It says he, he is truth in uh, Jeremiah earlier, 1010, 10, 23, 6. I don't know if you noticed that it's, it says his name is righteousness. John 1, he's light. John 14, he is the way. He, he is the truth. He is life. And of course, First John 4, 8, God is love. He's not merely loving, and then he's over here. He does not merely have love, and then he's over here. God is love. And so this is what Jeremiah is clinging to in the midst of the covenant people of God falling apart before his eyes. Does that feel familiar? Probably should this year. Uh, As we are seeing such divide uh, among the body of Christ, Uh, as we are seeing such uh, idolatry uh, pull away uh, at the family of God, Uh, as we are seeing just tragedy after tragedy, crisis after crisis, injustice rampant. I hope this is encouraging to you today. Jeremiah is clinging to the simplicity of God, and I think we need to as well. And, and, and look at this, right? It, he, he starts out saying, woe to these shepherds who have not attended to the people of God who have not led them properly in what it looks like to follow him, to worship him, to live in light of all that he is. Uh, but as Calvin says, this promise is, is not merely then to provide better shepherds. You know, the, the, the shepherds have been bad. It's going to get rough. You're going to go into exile in Babylon, but don't worry. I'll send you some better pastors. <laughs> I mean, that's good, but not good enough. The promise is yeah, not only that, but I will provide the perfect shepherd. I will provide. raise right, says the branch, uh, the king, the shepherd, Jesus. He's talking about things that are happening then and there, but there's a there is a fuller a fuller fulfillment of this also in Jesus. Jesus is this, and He is this because. Jesus is simple. Jesus is righteousness. Same way Jeremiah says uh, uh, about God, Jesus is uh, God's perfect self-image, right? As uh, Colossians 1, Hebrews 1 will tell us. uh, uh, Jesus is righteousness also. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1.30, by his doing, by his work, you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness. Righteousness is Jesus, and Jesus has, by His doing, that you in Him. He's united Himself. All who embrace Him as King, all who embrace Him as uh, their uh, the sacrifice for their sin, uh, you are united to Christ. You are united to righteousness Himself, uh, and, and this is why you can have utter confidence. Utter confidence in your stand before him. He is simple. He is righteousness. He's united himself to you. He he calls himself the good shepherd, doesn't he? John 10. Why is he the perfect shepherd? Why is he the good shepherd? Because the simple one uh, who is perfect righteousness is also perfect love. The good shepherd is not just an expert in shepherding techniques. Uh, He didn't go to the conference to learn about uh, leadership or uh, read the newest corny titled book. Not that those are bad. The corny books uh, often have really good stuff in them, but that's not why he's the perfect shepherd. That's not why he's the good shepherd. He didn't get credentialed to do this. Uh, the perfect shepherd who is righteousness applied that righteousness to his people in and through his love because he is love. The good shepherd laid his life down for you. He didn't just lay it down. He picked it back up again Uh, because a simple God is a God that cannot be divided cannot be destroyed, cannot be held in the grave. And so you rise with Him, friend. And and you get all the riches of glory in him and all the benefits of his work applied to you and all the power of his resurrection applies to you here now to walk more and more like him, to be conformed to his image, to minister for his name's sake, for his glory's sake, for his gospel's sake, a compound composite God cannot save you. A God for whom uh, perfection and righteousness may be descriptors, yet are something outside of himself, cannot empower you to walk by faith in newness of life, cannot bring you into eternal life. But the real God, uh, the God who is life himself, because he is simple, that God can, and that God promises to, and therefore you can bank on it, that God will. God's simplicity is good. God's simplicity has some practical elements as well. Here are a few thoughts. Because God is simple, uh, those who trust in him and his work are defined by the one who is righteousness, not defined by our rebellion, our failure, our frailty, whether in our, our minds, our spirits, our bodies, our brokenness, our sin. We are not defined by that. We are defined by Him and His righteousness. Because God is simple as well, then all people made in His image, which is all people, right? All people made in His image have dignity. All people groups must be treated with dignity. Therefore, Christ's followers must be the voices calling for dignity, mercy, justice in the culture. Because there are enough voices calling for vengeance. We got that covered already. Vengeance uh, is his. We are to be the The voices calling for dignity, calling for mercy, calling for justice on behalf of all those made in his image, right? Uh, And because the Lord is simple, because the Lord is righteousness, uh, I could trust him, as he says here in Jeremiah 23, to attend to the false teachers, the false prophets, the oppressive shepherds the scatterers of the flock, I can allow that vengeance to be his and not mine. It's good. Because God is simple, also, this is important, he defines his attributes, not vice versa. So because God is simple, God defines what his attributes mean. The attributes do not define him. And and here's what I mean by that. Uh, We don't just say then, well, here's what I think or I feel that justice is, uh, and then apply that to God uh, in such a way that, that we begin contradicting what he has revealed about himself in his word. Right? Uh, we don't take our own thoughts of, of what it means to be loving and apply that to God in such a way that it begins to contradict what he has said that he is and he stands for in his word. Now, God is these things and he shows us what they really mean. And so when it says he is righteous uh, and you'll notice before that, it said uh, uh, he is just as well. He is justice. He is righteous. He is just. He shows us what these things mean? He shows us what justice is. He shows us what truth is. He shows us what love is. Again, he's this perfect self-image of God in Jesus. And so uh, we see these things come together. Perfect love is perfect righteousness and justice. And we, we see it in Jesus. And what did he do? He laid his life down. That's what it means to follow him. Strange as it may sound, the simplicity of God uh, uh, calls us into laying our lives down. Individually, it does, in in whoever we come uh, into contact with, and collectively. Uh, it does for those who are uh, in need of mercy and justice. Y'all, you know, that's scary. I know. I'll wrap up here. I- I'm going to go back to Marshall, if that's okay. My school, my team just won uh, the uh, NCAA Soccer National Championship. And um, I played uh, roughly two seasons of youth soccer um, You know, I can't say that I really remember all the rules necessarily. I didn't really get into the Atlanta United thing. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, But when my team, when my town, my school uh, started trekking forward, getting closer and closer to this national championship, y'all, I was all in. (laughs) <laughs> I, I had to figure out how am I going to watch this thing? Let me get my, my TV subscription all set up so I, can, so I can observe, so I can witness because we are Marshall, right? Uh, and, and I was so excited uh, about what was going on there. And I don't really even care about soccer. Uh, it's just because there's, there's a little bit of this idea of, of union, of solidarity there. If that's me, if that's us, y'all, how much more the one who laid his life down for us to unite himself to us. Will he not give us all things? He's trustworthy. He's worship worthy. He's adoration worthy. He's obedience worthy because he is his attributes He is righteousness, love, truth, justice, etc.. And so, trust the simple good news of the simple God, and move forward into this week in worship, uh, laying down your life by the power of the Spirit, knowing that the power of the Spirit will raise you again into the one who is life in and of himself. Let me pray for us. Lord, we're in awe of you. Uh, We're in awe of who you are and how how holy, how different, how other you are uh, from us. And we are so thankful that you have chosen to reveal yourself to your people, you, God, who is truth and love and justice and righteousness. And Lord, we, when we think about these things, we look at these things, we recognize how far we are from that. Uh, and yet you've united yourself to us. And so we want to be a people, uh, Icon Church, yes, uh, but also a people as just believers Uh, in you, your covenant people who walk forward in faith, in confidence, in that beautiful good news that you have united us to righteousness itself, yourself, to love and truth and justice in and of yourself. And we want to be those, uh, Lord, who image you to our community, to our surroundings, who are willing to lay down our lives, our rights, for the sake of your glory, your gospel. We need your power in us to do that, uh, even in the next moments, and not, not to even mention tomorrow and the rest of today and the rest of this week. Oh, Lord, uh, we ask that you would strengthen us. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Praise God from whom?